talk about the exchange, the exchange life. Few born again believers in this room, and I say that because I never know everybody in the room, and then I don't know your heart. And so, am I looking at 100% of born again believers tonight? I don't know. It's not possible for me to know. I can't see in the heart. The only person that knows that is God. That's why we don't, we can't really judge in that area. We can't make a judgment there. You can say, well, it may not, somebody may not look like they're saved, or they may be saved. And somebody may look like they're saved, and they're not saved. Right? I mean, Judas, he kept the money. He was the most honest of the whole bunch. They gave him the money. And here he was the thief. And he was uh, actually possessed of the devil, ultimately. So vi visually, it's not possible for us to go around and say, well, this person's saved, that person's saved. I'm sure after a long period of time, it becomes more and more evident that somebody's saved or not, and that's good. But I'm just, by your fruit, you ultimately know, know them. Uh, he that doeth righteousness is righteous, it says in First John. Ultimately, uh, your behavior will indicate who you are and what you are, more than what you say. And so, I want to talk about what is the exchange, I'll keep looking back here, it's a real habit. Oof. What is the exchange life? And so let's see if we got something going on here. First of all, we have six things I want to go through. Um, and it's really an exposition of Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 20. So it's an exposition, verse by verse exposition, of Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 20. You can follow on the Bible with you. I'll stay right there pretty much. I might go a few other places, but that's going to be where we stay. The first thing that we have, you no, know, we notice here in this in this uh, passage in verse seven and eight, uh, we have an exchange set of values. Well, what things were gained to me? You Notice, know, I, I the emphasis is mine. Okay, the yellow color is mine. What things were gained? I just wanted to show you the comparisons he's doing. What things were gained to me? Those I counted loss for Christ. So when you get saved, it's about you and Christ. It's about you and Christ. And what he's basically asking us is he's asking us to exchange our life for his life. And this process of these verses 7 through 20 show that in six different ways. The first set is, and what I have up here is exchange values. He says, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss. Why? For the excellency, the prize really set before him, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things. Now, there aren't many people that are born again really would say or be able to say that and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. So notice the words loss, win, loss, excellency, kind of comparing them together there. Uh, this is really the essence of Christianity. Uh, I make a statement in my notes here. It says the prize is worth the price. The prize is worth the price. I know when I got right with God at 18 years old, immediately began to be impressed on exchanging my life for Christ's. And I had a whole set of value systems, a whole, whole worldly set of values. A whole worldly set. Everybody does. They get, before they first get saved, you got a whole worldly set of values. You value, typically you value material things. Typically, you value uh, 
job status, uh, the pride of life, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh is driving those values. And so you value those things which have to do with the pride of life and have to do with the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. And so those are the things you can touch, you smell, your all your five senses uh, have contact with, and that's what all we know. So then we get saved. Spirit of God enters in and begins to make us into the image of Christ. This is a lifelong process. Now, I realize we don't all live the same amount of years, so evidently the process is shorter with others and longer with others. Sometimes I believe people mature quickly and get where Christ wants them, he takes them home. Well, sometimes people get taken home early, early. What I mean by early is, is Hebrews chapter 12, where it says basically they've sinned their grace away, similar to what you'd find in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. The guy who was sinning in, in Corinth had his, had, his dad's, had his dad's wife, but not his mother. And when his dad, evidently somehow or where his dad died or whatever, he took his mother and was committing immorality with her, whatever the case. It was, it, was, it was a sin so bad. He said, even the Gentiles don't do this. I'm surprised he said that because the people of Greece were extremely immoral people. I'm surprised he would say that. But he said, even the world doesn't do this kind of stuff. And he said, turn the man over to Satan for destruction of his body. His flesh may be saved in the day of Jesus Christ. I sent that to my daughter-in-law this today as, a, as an assurance verse. I bet you thought that was funny. Because that, why that's an assurance verse? Because he was in open, willful sin, and yet Paul never questioned his salvation. He said, that turning to saying the destruction of his body, that his soul may be saved in the day of Jesus Christ. To me, that's an assurance verse. I would have been looking from the outside going, I don't think that guy's got it. Or maybe he never had it. Paul evidently knew something under inspiration of the Holy Spirit that nobody else could know, that he was saved, but he needed Hebrews chapter 12, discipline. And sometimes people get taken out early because they just rebel against the will of God. They don't want the exchanged life. They don't want Christ's life. They don't want Christ's values. They want heaven. They want salvation. But they don't want what Christ really offers, which is to make you in his image. That's what this whole thing's about. That's what the essence of being a Christian is about. You becoming like Christ and in being made in his image. And the prize is worth of the worth the price. Uh, don't, I mean, there's no shame in saying that, that sin has a certain amount of pleasure to it. That, you know, Moses and Hebrews forsook the pleasures of Egypt, pleasures of sin. And he forsook that for the for the but the prize of, of of being made in the image of Christ and taking on Christ's values is worth the price the, the price is worth the prize in the end of it all. Because I, I feel I don't know if you think about this, but I, I, I watch enough news to hear about movie stars dying and and rock stars dying and people that the world lift up as like gods, little gods. This is what everybody wants to be. And and they lift them up like woo, and then they die, and they oh, but they, and they die, and they leave. Prince died of an overdose, I believe, in an elevator at his house. Michael Jackson died because he couldn't sleep. He was having pro, I believe it was propolol. He was being given, and he over he doctor took off, took a phone call, and he died at 50 years old. Elvis Presley, I think, died at 42 years old. 
but you can go through the 27-year-old list. 27-year-old, there's a whole group of rock star people that died at 27. And uh, called the 27 Club, there have been so many of them died at 27. Jimi Hendrix, uh, Jim Morrison, and some of you young people have no idea who that is, but nevertheless. And I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. They, they missed it. They missed, they missed what life's about. They left everything. What good is being famous going to do in hell? What good is having owned a bunch of property and when you lived going to do in hell? When there's no hope of change, no hope of recovery, no hope of escape, no hope of relief. See, we have bad things happen to us as Christians on this side. We got hope. Hope that things are going to change. And it will. Things have come to pass in this world. They come, they go. They come, they go. They come, they go. And so that, that is more of a relief than what it, maybe you even imagine. The fact that they, nothing is permanent. In this world, the trouble we have is not permanent. Oh, I mean, you may be like my like my niece, where she had a uh, down. Well, she had an autistic child, and that autistic child is going to out, probably outlive her. It's not going away. It's not going away. It's a long test. It's a long trial. Her whole life, but in the end of the whole thing, it will go away. And it will stop. We have a missionary. However, our missionaries and also the Mexico has a very, 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 uh, I'm going to say it the way we used to say it, a very retarded child. I ate with him one day. And it was, it was, it was intolerable. Uh, the girl was probably 12 when I ate with him. And she threw her food and just, I mean, a three-foot circle around her was just food. on. You know, and he was trying to, I thought, how do they do this day after day after day after day? No, they're, they're good with it. Trust in God. The trial will pass someday. But we have, a, we have a set of values. We have an eternal set of values, these two verses. We also have a uh, exchange righteousness. Now, that's in uh, verse 9 and, uh, let's see, verse 9 there. Let me see, put it up. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law. Why is it of the law? Because you, how do you get righteousness from the law? Do and live. That's, that's the law. Do and you live. Don't do and you die. So how many have ever kept the law perfectly? Nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. So the law was really brought about to convince us that we were helpless, hapless sinners, unable to save ourselves, so that we would go to the ultimate sacrifice for sin, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they, look, they were looking forward to that lamb by sacrificing lambs in the Mosaic law. And of course, now we get to look back on the lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, Jesus Christ. And so... 
it, it foreshadowed the whole Old Testament sacrifice system foreshadowed the Christ that was to come, the one that would take away sin. Uh, Abraham believed God and it was kind of for him righteous. That was before the law. That was before the law, long before the law. Abraham was about 2166 B.C. And the law was anywhere between 1446 to 1406 B.C. So they were a long ways apart from each other. Yet, right, that, so, so being saved, if I may say, by faith is older than the law. It's older than the law. And really those people in the law were saved by faith. If they were saved at all, they were saved by faith in, in the sacrifice and the, the, uh, the propitiation of the sacrifices and the atonement that they did through faith that God disbelieved God and it was counted in righteousness. God said, do this. They believed it. They did it. And God counted that, for, that to them for righteousness, the sacrificial system, which they needed. So we have exchange values. We have exchange righteousness. Got one more verse there. What saith the scripture, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness? So simple faith. Then we got one more scripture. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We have a righteousness which has been imputed to us, given to us by absolute grace. Amen? I'm saved by grace. Through faith, and not of myself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You won't have one person in heaven that earned their way to heaven. If you did, you'd have one bragging, braggadocious, knowing the pride of man. You'd have a braggadocious individual saying, I, I won, I'm on top of the heap, I'm number one. You, you'd, be, you'd never get over it. They'd never get over it. Third thing, we have an exchange identification. Now that we find that in verse 10. I believe through, uh, let's see, 10 through 12, I believe. Maybe a little further. We'll see. But I, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Verse 11. If by any means I may attain unto the resurrection of the dead. I like that attitude. There it is. I like that attitude. If by any means. I may attain. I don't see arrogancy there, do you? I've heard preachers make some horrible statements, some very arrogant statements that were, it wasn't of God. It wasn't of God. They were, they were trying to say no matter what they did, no matter what happened, they were going to go to heaven no matter what they did. I think that whole attitude is wrong myself. I don't see that in the Bible. Verse 12, not as though I had already attained. And now, if anybody could have said they'd attained, you'd have thought Paul would have said he attained. But he didn't. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already made perfect. He said, I'm, he's flawed. He's a man like, after our, he was a man of like passion, like as we are. That if I may, that if, that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended, because God called him to do a work for him, of Christ Jesus. I got another little verse I added to this. For to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. This is the exchange identification. I don't identify myself any longer uh, at, with my desires and my will, and, and what I want to do is what Christ wants me to do, if the Lord will, whatever he wants me to do. Brother Bauer. 
he got he had to leave Haiti, his home, his place of ministry, his work, he and his wife and family and everything, and he learned the language. But God's changed his will. He said, okay, Lord, you want me to do something else? I'll do something else. So there, it looks like they're going to Bahamas still. I believe that's, that's still on, maybe. Yeah. And who knows, go to Bahamas. Haiti may get a decent government. and someday go back there and resume the ministry. Who knows? You know, Dr. Ann's same boat. She's in basically the same boat. She can't go back. Too dangerous. No government. So it proves the statement that bad government's better than no government. Because when you have no government, then you can't even exist. You can't have trade, can't have business, can't do around. So you, even though we have Biden and I'll tell you what, it's hard on me, but I gotta believe that there's no power but of God. Thank you, Jesus, for Biden. That's just about the way it was when I had migraines, and I said, thank you, Jesus, for the migraine you gave me. You say it with, like, clenched teeth, but you know it's right to say. Thank God, if this is going to make me a better Christian, thank God for Biden. Not a lot of amens on that one, is there? This is a repeat. You were thinking it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 13, verse 13 and 14 of Philippians chapter 3 there. We have exchanged goals. It says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I just like that spirit. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, this is kind of going along the lines of forgiveness, right? You say, I can't forget. No, you can't. David said, my sin is ever before me. But here's what happens. When it comes to your mind, you can dismiss it. Okay, you can't forget. But when it comes to your mind, you can say, I'm not going to dwell on that. That's not going to control me. That's not something I'm going to spend a bunch of time on. You can't stop it passing through your mind the first time. But you can stop it passing through your mind the second time. I don't know if you ever have what I've, sometimes at night, when I, I dream, you know, I, I can't control my dreams. Can you control your dreams? Anybody here control their dreams? My mind will go off into stuff I don't even want it to go into. I'll wake up and be like, that was horrific. That was awful. And I just pray, Lord, that's not me. That's the old man that Paul talks about that struggles against the new man. That's not me. That's not me, Lord. I've had dreams where I've got down out of my bed, got on my knees and said, Lord Jesus, forgive me for dreaming something like that. I don't know if I need to pray that because you don't really have power over your dreams, but just in case. Because that's just not something, that's not who I am. And that's not, that's the old bill. That's not the new bill. The new bill's different. He's going a different direction. He's got a new Lord. And, whoo. Well, anyway, we have exchanged goals. I pressed for the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark. That is a big one. The word press means to strain as if I, wa I ran the 440. I've talked about this often. And that's a yard, 40-40 yard dash. It's not like a mile run. It's a 440 yard as fast as you can run. 
for 440 yards and people get to the end of that thing and you're just straining to try to beat the guy beside you. You're, you're just everything you got. And that's, that's kind of the word picture there. The mark, of course, is that tape. It's that line that you're going to cross. That's you fulfilled the will of God in your life. And none of you in this room have reached the mark yet. Now, Bob Rose reached the mark. He reached the mark. And people that have died ahead of us in this, in many, in the last 12 people in the last year or so have gone to heaven. They've reached the mark. We haven't reached the mark yet. We're, we're still pressing on to reach the mark for, for why? For the prize. And it's been said, keep your eye on the prize. It rhymes a little bit. For the high calling of God. This is a high calling to be a Christian in times like these. Young people say, well, if the world gets so bad, and I think sometimes old people, we inadvertently discourage young people. And I've said this before. How do we discourage young people? We discourage young people by talking about the good old days. Now, around us, the 70 club, the 80 club, there's nobody in here 90. That ought to tell you something. But in a 70 and 80 club, we can get in a club and we can talk about the old days. won't hurt a thing. When you're around young people, quit talking about the old days. They're living, and they're not even at their prime yet. Their, their good days are just beginning. And they're, 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 and I, it's, it, they're, they're, for, they're born for a moment in time that God's not made a mistake in birthing them when they got birth. And they may be the, they may be the generation who is the privilege to be martyred for Christ. I don't know about you, but the people who martyred for Christ are going to get a special place around the throne of God. Now, you're, you and I may be standing way back out here. In fact, <laughs> Brother Not and I will probably be so far out, we'll be able to see. You know, the angel will come and say, Here's, there's going to be a little shack, a little, little like, like Kentucky shack, you know, a little bit 10 by 10 shack, one room with an outhouse. This is your, this is your mansion. I'll say, well, who's my neighbor? Jim not. Where's Red at? Oh, she's way up there by the throne, man. Because she put up with him all those years. Anyways, uh, <laughs> oh, you women. You got it. You got it. You, you, hey, you deserve every bit. So we have exchange goals. We have exchange individuality. Verse 15 and 16. Let us therefore as many be perfect. Now, the word perfect there is complete, whole. Be thus minded. We exchange our individuality for a team spirit, is what he's going, getting at here. Uh, be thus minded. And if anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal un, even this unto you. Nevertheless, where where to we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. That's a team spirit. We get rid of our individuality. We get when when we're when we're on God's team, we're on Christ's team. It's not about me. It's not about whether I get recognized. It's not about whether I get treated oh so good or all this. Stuff. It's about the team. We want to win this thing by the grace of God and do what he wants us to do as a team. Now, we can't do, we, you know, we can't represent Christ the way we're supposed to if we're at each other. Division, in the Bible, six things I hate, seven, one of them is the, the people who divide the brothers. And that stays consistent from the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, 
into the, into Romans chapter 16 and other places, and it stays consistent. God hates those who cause division. He loves peacemakers. Blessed are the what? Peacemakers. He talks in, through Paul, being one mind. This, run, this is Paul also. It's the Holy Spirit. Doing the same rule. Brother, we need to stick together because together we can accomplish the will of God. Divided, we will not impact the world the way God wants us to impact the world. Imagine the way Christians in America would be impacting America if we hadn't all divided. If there wasn't Lutheran, Presbyterian, da 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 they'd all stayed together by the grace of God, had one mind, same rule. Woo! Knocked the socks off of them. But our credibility keeps getting hurt. Every time we divide, our credibility gets hurt. You go to North Carolina. Now, I don't have anything against North Carolina. But every every about every corner in North Carolina's got a little church on it. And and uh there's something wrong with that. You say, Oh, isn't that nice? Carolina's got a church, isn't that isn't that Carolina's got a church? It's not just the state of Carolina, but Carolina got North Carolina got a church on every corner, isn't that nice? No, it's not nice. There should be about a, a tenth fewer churches, and they should be bigger, and they should be more healthy. What you've got is you've got all these small, sickly, small, sickly works, rather than healthy, strong, vibrant works that are reaching missions and are reaching the world and reaching the country. They're all fighting each other because so-and-so didn't get elected a deacon when he thought he ought to get elected a deacon. I ain't going to mess with it. I'm going to start. And they'll go down the road three miles and start their own church. Oh, God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. we got to get rid of our individuality when we're... When we're uh... This is 15 through 19, by the way. Big section. He uses a big section to prove the point here. I'll just quickly read through these. Brethren, be followers together of me. Mark them to walk. So as you have for us an example, for many of whom I have told you often, now I tell you, oh, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, material possessions and things make a difference, and that's what this is about, whose glory is there in their shame, whose mind earthly things. I looked up on YouTube all these TV evangelists, and it listed like 10 of them. And the houses they lived in. Mama mia. Come on. 10,000 square foot houses. 7,500 square foot houses. Palatial grounds around these houses. Flying around the country in 20, 30, 40 million dollar jets. Hiring two pilots to fly them. And spending and, and you know gold and just you know just cars and just anything you want. These are guys on TV that if I named them, you'd know the names of these people that have no accountability and have pillaged the Church of Jesus Christ, whose God is their belly. Now those people are enemies of the cross of Christ. They have turned off many a sinner. Many a sinner are going to be in hell because of those people. Because they've misrepresented the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
told the people what they wanted to hear rather than what the Bible said was true. And consequently, they became enemies and they will receive their just recompense. And exchange hope is the last thing we see in verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven. Oh, you want to see that? For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mentioned Sunday about that, about how we are to look. Look and live, my brother, live. Look to Jesus now and live. Are you looking for Jesus every day? You get up in the morning, you start looking for Jesus. Are you looking for Jesus or are you looking for trouble? I want to look for Jesus. Trouble will find you. Amen? We are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, what did he yet hope for? Why doesn't God come to me and show me? Why don't he just break through it? Because if he did that, there'd be no more faith and no more, it'd be all sight. And there'd be no necess- no necess- it would not be necessary to have hope. He said, but if we hope for that which we see not, this is what he wants you to do. Then we do with patience, wait for it. God wants you to trust him through the troubles, through the things with hope. He gives you hope so that you can just patiently endure tribulations and trials that come your way and you come out of them more mature, more understanding of who he is, more understanding of the Holy Spirit, and then another trial and tribulation period and a time of patience where you just trust God through it. And then that this is a process of testing that God's put you and he's growing you and growing you and growing you in him because he cares about you. Philippians 3, 7, and a summary is this. You have exchange values, exchange righteousness, exchange identification, exchange goals, exchange individuality, and exchange hope. Question, of course, I pose is have you exchanged your life for Christ's? I love this verse. I sign many of my cards with this verse. I go through periods of time where I use these verses, this particular one, of for God is not unrighteous, I love that, to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Each one of you, in a, in, a, in a way, is a minister. You're ministering to somebody, somewhere, somebody you're ministering to. God's not going to forget you. You say, I had a rough life, preacher, man. I had tests, I just trouble. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It, the prize is worth the price. It'll be okay on the other side. I love this one, and I don't have any time really to talk much about it, but it says, for we have an entrance. It's talking about here. Many of you know the red carpet that the, the world does. They have a movie premiere, and they do a thing called the red carpet where they premiere this movie and they bring these, the stars of that movie, they bring them up in a big limousine and they got this this red carpet goes and people lined on both sides of it, uh, people with cameras and media and people get allowed in there. And, and of course they dress the best they know to dress and or as little as they can. And uh, they get up there with what they think looks good and they walk down that, that's like, whew, that's their entrance. This verse talks about you and me as born-again believers. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you. 
Well, I bet that's going to be shocking. Abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You're going to say, well, I don't deserve an entrance. You're getting one. I like it when in, I like it in Moses' law where it says, if you do these things, I will command a blessing upon you. I don't want a blessing for him. I just do it. You're getting it. I'm going to command a blessing on you. You're going to do these things? I'm going to command a blessing on you. Now, if you don't do them, Deuteronomy 27, 28, 29, half of that, those chapters talk about commanding a curse on you. And you, you read through the Old Testament, you've seen it happen. All that curse he mentioned in Deuteronomy happened to Israel. It's happened. It's already over. It's already happened. Now they're in unbelief, just waiting on the rapture of the church. When that 70th week will be restarted, that last week of Daniel, which was never fulfilled, God's going to pick up his, his uh, dealings with the children of Israel. The church is gone. The children of Israel then will be picked up, and then people are going to begin to get saved immediately. And the Bible says Israel, all Israel will be saved within a day. They're going to believe. They'll look upon him whom they have pierced and mourn for him as one mourner for his only son. Zechariah chapter 12, 13, 14. Woo! And they're going to get, they're going to believe this one we rejected, he was, he was it. I told my, my, uh, one of my Jewish doctors, I said, uh, if you're, if you're with your doctor, many of them are Jewish. They're either Jewish or Indian. That's about all. You say to the Jewish doctors, I just want to say Jesus Christ is your Messiah. They just need to keep hearing that. He's the Messiah. You missed it. And uh, may the Holy Spirit pick that up from their point on. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.